The Drum Corps History Podcast, Episode 69. The Drum Corps History Podcast, a deeper look into drum corps history. week's episode, Giant Killer, the 1980s. Welcome back to the Jump Corps History Podcast. My name is Ron Allard from Diceman Radio. The following comes in part from an article written by Dr. Robert Smith for A History of Drum and Bugle Corps, Volume 1, published by Steve Vickers of Drum Corps World. Confidence, Frustration, Anticipation, The Lights Faded, Birmingham, Alabama's Legion Field Fell Silent on August 18, 1979. Supreme Confidence, The Blue Devils Had Again Taken No Prisoners en route to their third DCI Championship in Four Years. Profound Frustration A stunned Phantom Regiment Corps was frozen in second place for the third year in a row after an exhausting campaign. Wide-eyed Anticipation Spirit of Atlanta had just established themselves as a major power. Next year was burned into the minds of Atlanta, and an old favorite from Revere that had quietly moved up through the ranks to fifth. No history of the 1980s can be written without a look at the influential year of 1979. At first glance, this year might seem like an average year for DCI up to that time. The Blue Devils had again won the national championship. The top 12 had remained essentially the same. Thankfully, fanfare from Rocky and the theme from Star Wars had finally been buried. But what was of significance? The Birmingham Championship had essentially unlocked the door to a new geographical region for drum corps competition, the Deep South. As sleepy fans crawled into Legion Field for the first morning of prelims, a brand new corps, fresh from a trip to England, was closing their show with a rather unorthodox but hauntingly beautiful arrangement of the first Noel. Suncoast Sound from Pinellas Park in its infancy had entered national competition. Spirit of Atlanta had roared out of the South in 1979 with a concrete wall of sound and a never-to-be-forgotten supercharged Sweet Georgia Brown. Early, they were unstoppable as they swept through Denver, Colorado and defeated the vanguard at drums along the Rockies. Steamrolling into Whitewater, Wisconsin for DCI Midwest, Phantom Regiment fell at prelims but slapped Spirit back at finals. Nonetheless, the South had become a force to be reckoned with in 1979. The Birmingham Championship solidified the new force, providing a new touring ground and a groundswell of new fans. Quietly, in Memphis, plans were underway to add yet another Southern Corps to the battalion, one which would surpass even Spirit of Atlanta's first-year performance. There are two heartbreaking final positions in DCI's top 12, 2nd and 13th. In 1979, the Crossmen, who had performed strongly all season, were surprisingly and questionably tripped up in preliminary competition, falling into 13th place. In second was a very frustrated drum and bugle corps. The Midwest was ready in 1979 with the heir apparent to the DCI throne. 
The Phantom Regiment had devised a virtually flawless and striking program highlighted by St. Sans' organ symphony and Wagner's Elsa's procession to the cathedral from Lohengrin. Phantom had served their time and come up through the ranks of the mid-1970s. They had lost by a mere tenth of a point in 1978, secondary to a penalty. They again fell short by less than a point in 1979. The 1979 second place finish by Phantom is significant in the fact that it was beyond disappointment. It was a near death blow to Rockford. Although magnificent programs would follow through the 80s, the regiment would not again attain its former status until 1989, a decade later. The relative lag of the Midwest, just behind the top three-pack, provided an opening, an opening which was to be filled by the next heir apparent, the 27th Lancers. Up to 1979, the East had never put forth a DCI champion. Possessing the largest number of units of any one region, the East was rabid for the title. In 1978, the Bridgman, 27th Lancers, Crossman, and North Star had knocked firmly on the door. However, it was the 27th Lancers who became the chosen ones to whip the unbeatable California Corps. There you have the basis for an analysis of the 1980s, the greatest decade of drum corps competition in the history of the activity. The South was firmly entrenched, the Midwest had seemingly run out of steam and perhaps the will to fight, but the 27th Lancers were ready for battle. What follows is legendary. The 27th Lancers essentially had no off-season during the winter of 79-80. Through the fall months, the Corps stayed together and was goal-oriented, working toward the magnificent guest appearance at the 1980 Lake Placid Winter Olympic Games. The Corps' participation to this day remains a pinnacle of achievement for the Drum and Bugle Corps activity. When the new decade of Drum Corps competition dawned in June, the Lancers debuted with a trend-setting drill, powerful musical book, and dazzling color guard. 
This color guard in particular may represent the highest point of excitement and sheer equipment execution ever attained in DCI history and may never be equaled in the fans' hearts. The 27th Lancers were in the enviable position of leading the East Coast powers in an assault on the DCI crown. The Lancers, with the Bayonne Bridgman literally licking their heels in late season, rolled from city to city with one impressive victory after another. Bested only by the Blue Devils on tour, the Lancers stood firm at DCI East, winning that title one week before DCI Finals. As Danny Boy drew to a close on that steamy Birmingham night, George Zingali, 27th cutting-edge drill designer, left his seat and descended the stairs, waving his coat in a frenzy. It was an indication of victory from a veteran corpsman. The applause was deafening. The crowd and corps smelled victory. Backed by strong finals performances from the Bridgman, Crossman, Garfield Cadets, and North Star, the East had literally controlled the finals competition. Unanticipated was the fact that Concord had a new record to set with its next title, four DCI championships, an unprecedented total, and most importantly, one up on its arch rival, the Santa Clara Vanguard. The West Coast Jazz again flowed smoothly and powerfully from the bells, and yet another supercore that seemed unbeatable fell at California's feet.
27th Lancers and the East were hard hit by this loss in 1980, and the Corps would never recover from it. Next to the 1978-79 Phantom Regiment losses and the late 1980s Bridesmaid Vanguard finishes, this defeat ranks as the most heartbreaking of all in DCI competitions. The 27th Lancers were never the same again. No less significant was the realignment of the top 12 in 1980. The Bridgman skyrocketed to an unheard of third place finish on the strength of their percussion and brass scores. Spirit of Atlanta, an early season favorite for the DCI title, was stunned in mid-June by a tragic accident and the death of their brass instructor, Jim Ott. Ott had written perhaps his greatest brass book ever for the 1980 Atlanta Corps, whose wall of sound has not been equaled. Spirit fell just eight-tenths of a point short of the DCI crown. The Blue Stars fell from the ranks of the top 12 for the first time in DCI history, 
sliding into 13th place and were replaced by the overhauled Garfield Cadets, a corps that would soon own the 80s. Prior to the 1970s, the major regions interacted relatively little with each other outside of the yearly national championship shows like the VFW and the American Legion Nationals. The extensive tour schedules of today were unknown as the activity was divided, for all practical purposes, into the East and the Midwest. Until the entry of the California Corps in the early 1970s and the Southern units in the late 1970s, the activity was essentially confined to east of the Mississippi River. The troopers were very prominent, but isolated. By 1980, the country was distinctly divided into four regions of influence, the East, the West, the Midwest, and the South. What happened during the 1980s was startling. Overall, the total of corps declined from about 250 units in 1980 to around 110 active units by decade's end. It has always been difficult to estimate the number of corps in the active category. The 1980 DCI program listed 66 competing corps in all classes, and the 1988 program listed approximately 75. The causes of this rapid decline and the sheer number of drum corps are obvious, including economic considerations involved in running even a smaller corps in the 80s. The extensive touring required represented a burden most corps could not bear, and the always present pressure to make finals poses a threat to this day. Behind the scenes, the activity shrunk, even collapsed on itself, with the top 25 representing a pleasant facade to the deep problems the activity faced. The organization powers did recognize by decade's end that if the smaller corps' population was not stabilized and a performance forum provided, the very existence of the Drum and Bugle Corps activity would be in jeopardy. Nowhere did the activity decline more than on the East Coast. Crumble would be a more accurate description. In 1980, the East Coast Corps held firmly 48% of the top 25 positions and an amazing 42% of the top 12. By 1988, just three East Coast Corps, the Cadets, the Crossmen, and the Boston Crusaders would appear in the top 25. Why the demise of so many East Coast Corps? The explanation appears multifactorial. In the 1970s, Corps sat on top of Corps geographically. No region could sustain the number of corps that existed in the East once the Drum and Bugle Corps activity left its local base. This loss of the local base was another 1980s phenomenon when membership of the major corps shifted to a national level in terms of recruiting. The truly local corps, long foundation of the activity, died out. One very evident example of this was the loss of the local base in La Crosse, Wisconsin, which, because of geographical isolation, effectively killed the nationally competitive Blue Stars by the mid-1980s. One could not look at a map of the East Coast without noting the presence of a small or large core in nearly every major city. The resources, money, and members were bound to run out as the major corps began to compete with each other off the field. A drum corps institution, the Garfield Cadets, one of the nation's oldest units, won the competition for talent both in staff and members. Paradoxically, out of the ashes of 27's defeat and the East Coast collapse emerged the East Coast night that would finally find the Holy Grail. Solidification and consolidation produced a long-awaited Eastern champion that broke all standing ovations, but at what cost? Subsequently, North Star, Bridgman, 27th Lancers, and Holy Family Defenders faded into history with only the Boston Crusaders and the Crossmen clinging to life. 
In the South, a flurry of activity hit after the two Birmingham events. Several small corps sprang up in a region where most people had never even heard of a drum and bugle corps. The area established its own circuit, Drum Corps South, and a championship in the early 1980s. But only three units would have any staying power, Spirit of Atlanta, Suncoast Sound, and Florida Wave. Spirit and Suncoast provided each other with the level of competitiveness needed to remain national powers. One curious flash in the Pan Corps was formed by George Lindstrom in Memphis. Long associated with the Racine Kilties, Lindstrom organized an effort which would surpass Spirit of Atlanta's first-year performance record of 1977. The Memphis Blues Brass Band stormed in the 20th place at the 1980 Finals, a record finish for any first-year corps up to that time. Sadly, this crowd favorite would survive only three seasons, unable to complete the 1983 season. South entered the decade with an 8% share of the top 25, finishing in 1989 with 
remaining a relative constant competitive force throughout the 1980s. Way out west, California Corps continued a domination of the activity, carving up successive DCI championships in 1980, 1981, and 1982. DCI finals became routine and predictable as the fans hungered for a new challenger. To this day, year after year success has been unequaled by any one region and in fact was quite mystical. The East, Midwest, and South seemed unable to capture the magic of the West. Each year the Eastern and Midwestern Corps waited in anticipation of California's Eastern migration to competition, and each year the challengers seemed prepared, perhaps overly so at times. Five additional DCI trophies returned to California during the 80s, and five barely slipped through their grasp. The West remained a constant geographical influence, with 20% of the top 25 in 1980, and a full quarter of the finalists in 1989. The Midwest averted a near disaster of East Coast proportions with the influx of new blood following the demise of the Guardsmen to the Class A-60 status, the Blue Stars to Class A-60 status, and the Kilties from finals competition. The Midwest, in contrast to the other major regions, showed major growth throughout the latter half of the 1980s. The Madison Scouts, the Cavaliers, and Phantom Regiment held the line for several years before the Star of Indiana, 
Bluecoats, and Skyriders entered into drum corps competition. The Cavaliers scaled the rungs of the top 12, moving up the DCI ladder past the scouts and the regiment to establish themselves as a major power. Green suddenly became the most threatening color to California's eyes. By 1988, the Midwest could firmly boast of 50% of the top 12 and 35% of the top 25 units. In calculating statistics for the decade, the Skyriders were not assigned to any region prior to 1987 when they actively competed in Drum Corps Midwest shows and attended full membership in 1988. The Midwest produced a champion in 1988, the Madison Scouts, and the Cavaliers were ever-present threat as the curtain fell in 1989. Disappointedly, the Canadian role in DCI was an important yet minor one. The willingness of the Canadian Corps to compete in DCI maintained a true international flavor. No Canadian Corps broke into the top 12 in the decade, although Dutch Boy was poised to do so on several occasions. Canada had no top 25 Corps in 1980, showed promise in 1986 with five Corps in the running, and consistently fielded two to three top 25 members. 
That's all the time we have for this week, so please join us again next time as we take a deeper look into drum corps history. This podcast is produced and sponsored by DiceManRadio.com. <laughs>